podcast listener Amber in Doylen, Louisiana, writes in to ask this. Pastor John, the Oregon shooting recently really shook me up. I turned my life over to Christ a little over two years ago. I've learned a lot, but I have a lot to learn yet. I'm trying to strengthen my faith, but in the meantime, I asked myself, what would I do? My response was scary. I'm not sure I could say I'm a Christian if a gun is pointed in my face especially if my children are with me. I know that Jesus warned us not to deny him on earth, but I can't help but wonder if doing it to save our life, even though we don't mean it, is it punishable? Pastor John, what would you say to Amber? Well, I love honesty, (laughs) so let's deal with it. Jesus said, whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who's in heaven. And I think the only situation he has in mind is the one where we're being threatened. Otherwise, the issue of denying him doesn't come up. A few verses later, he says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So that's the context of losing your life instead of denying Jesus. So the Christian, he says, loves me, loves Christ so much that denying him is more fearful than death. Of course, um, saying that is one thing, but actually having the wherewithal to do it in the moment of death is another, which is what she's saying rightly. When I, when I personally, John Piper, has, have worried that I may not have strength uh, or power to suffer or be tortured or die for Christ, I've been helped by pondering 1 Peter 4.14 says this, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Now, doesn't that text, even though it's only talking about an insult, doesn't the principle hold that in extraordinary situations, the reason you can be blessed in the moment of being assaulted, insulted, criticized, or threatened with death, the reason you can be blessed is because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And I I take that to mean that God shows up in a way in that moment, which he doesn't elsewhere, which means my sense of ability to endure it at this moment, sitting here at my table, may not be all that I'll have when I get there to that moment. And I don't know how many of our listeners um, are familiar with Corey Ten Boom and her her story, uh, who was in a concentration camp, and and before she was taken there, knowing that she might someday have to pay with her life, which which she didn't, it turns out, she asked her father how that would be, how how could she have strength, and and the story is that her father said to her, when I send you on the train to go somewhere, do I give you the ticket a month ahead of time or do I give you the ticket as you get on the train? And the point 
she was making is God will give us what we need when the train of suffering and death arrives in the station. And that's been very helpful to me because I think that is what 1 Peter 4.14 is, is saying. Now, in the meantime, I think there are things that we all should be doing to get ready, that the Holy Spirit will, will make us, will use these things to help us be ready when the hour of our testing comes. And let me just mention a few of these. One, cultivate a regular attentiveness to the other world, to heaven, the world of heaven, where Christ is and, and his rewards are, where all the saints are, where all the sorrow will be taken away and where we'll be sinning no more and where pain and depression will be over. Second Corinthians 4.18, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We, we should cultivate a mindset that is heavenward. Second, ponder often that there are far worse things than death. Matthew 10, 28, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Fear him who can cast soul and body into hell. There's way worse things than, than death. Third, ponder often that the truth that Christ already died for you he did it so that you might live and die for him. 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ controls me because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sakes died and rose again. Fourth, Keep it clear in your mind that suffering and death for Christ are not surprising in this world. They are normal and expected. First Peter 4.12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is coming upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So develop the mindset that such tests are not extraordinary. They are biblically ordinary. Do not fear what you are about to suffer, Revelation 2.10. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. So when it happens, it's not a punishment for us. It's a reward of faithfulness. Fifth, Meditate regularly on the truth of Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. Pray that into reality every day. Six, keep clear and firm in your mind and in your heart, that the Lord will take care of your children if you die. No matter how you die, you might die of a heart attack this afternoon. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And oh, what a need we feel that our children be cared for. And when it comes to legacy, think, think deeply on this. When it comes to legacy and impact, remember your death for Christ could be the greatest possible gift you could give 
to your children. And the seventh thing I would say, last thing I would say, um, of course, this is beyond us. None of us in ourselves will die for Jesus. This is a gift of grace if we are able to trust him and love him in that moment. So pray. That's the main thing here. Pray that you will not be like Peter who boldly said, I'll never deny you. And then he fails three times. We need to pray, oh God, don't let me boast as though I could do this. Help me to depend utterly on you. Thank you, Pastor John, for those wise words of preparation for such a day should we be called on to pay this price. And thank you, Amber, for the excellent question. Send your questions into us via email and ask Pastor John at DesiringGod.org. We are going to break for the weekend, but if you missed any of the episodes from the week, catch up at DesiringGod.org forward slash Ask Pastor John. I'm your host, Tony Ranke, and I will see you on Monday when Pastor John offers words of counsel for parents of rebellious teenagers. We'll see you then.